This edition of 100 Not Out proudly brought to you by the 2019 Greek Island Longevity Experience in Ikaria. Join Damien Christoph and myself for 10 days on the island where people forget to die. Live with the locals, drink the wine, eat the food and discover the longevity lifestyle with a select group of like-minded people just like you who will become friends for life. Activities include stunning hikes, cooking classes, essential oil workshops, festivals and dancing, grape stomping and wine harvesting, village hopping, beach days on the Aegean Sea, farming and foraging with the locals and so much more. For dates, details, highlights of previous events and to apply, go to 100notout.com. Group size limited to 16 and applications processed on a first-in, first-served basis. TheWellnessCouch.com streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you. Hope you are flying. One man who isn't with me today is my great co-host, Dr. Damien Christoph. He's on a plane returning home from Hawaii with his son, Jackson. Jackson didn't go on a schoolies weekend or a schoolies week uh, festival this year. He went to Hawaii with his dad, Damo, to have some quality father and son time, which means I get to have today's guest all to myself on the podcast. We're going to go straight into a deep and meaningful, and we're going to talk about the concept of mindfulness versus awareness amongst other topics. Now, mindfulness, if you think about it, has actually been around for for a long time, you could argue for two and a half thousand years plus, but it is only recently that its popularity has skyrocketed. These days, homes, schools, hospitals, workplaces, and the rest are filled with people purposefully and attentively living in the present moment. If you can't uh, touch on a hint of sarcasm here, just wait for this interview because we're going to smash through the glass, put all of the pieces back together. We're going to discuss this in a very meaningful way with Gary Douglas. Gary is an internationally recognized thought leader. He's a best-selling author. He's the founder of Access Consciousness, a popular set of life-enhancing tools and philosophies. He celebrates the fact that more individuals are practicing mindfulness. However, he advises there is a next step in the journey towards living a more conscious life and that is to learn the art of awareness. Really looking forward to this conversation. It is a very sincere welcome to Gary Douglas, who joins us whilst he's in Australia. He's up on the Sunshine Coast at the moment. Gary, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Marcus. This oh, is great. Uh, really excited uh, because to go to this uh, deep and meaningful is something that you don't get to have uh, with every single guest. And to talk about mindfulness versus awareness, it, for some people it might seem that it has the potential to be controversial. So I would, just to appease the people that might get a bit heated about this, first of all, can you define the difference between mindfulness and awareness? Yes. Awareness is including everything and judging nothing. Mindfulness is paying attention. Cool. So, so when we talk about mindfulness as paying attention, I tend to feel that in, in the personal growth and health and wellness world, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fads. There's fad diets, there's fad exercises. And I don't want to say that mindfulness is a fad because to be mindful is wonderful. But in, in terms of a movement, it seems to be almost a technique. Um, whereas I, I kind of feel as if awareness is more of a state of being. I have this little, uh, pet hate, if you will, of the, the person that meditates in the morning and is at one with the world and then goes out in the workday and they hate their boss and they're angry with their colleagues and they don't help the little old lady crossing the road and they've got road rage and all of the rest of it, but for a half an hour every morning, they're, they're mindful. Is that is that somewhat accurate or am I barking up the wrong tree? 
Well, it's somewhat accurate and not quite total. Good. Okay. Can you? Well, so this yeah. is where I'd love to learn from someone who's been doing this uh, and in this game for many years. Can you just develop my, uh, I suppose, terminology on it a bit? Well, it's like the thing is, if you're trying to do mindfulness, usually people who do mindfulness discover that when they don't pay attention, they miss things. So they decide the way to not miss anything is to be mindful. And it's like the problem with being mindful is that you end up in a place where you're so intent on paying attention to what's going on around you that you miss things <laughs> that don't match what you've already decided mindful is. Yes. Okay. I like that. That is uh, that is so clear. So, all right. So, again, this this analogy or this example might not be accurate, but I'm, I'm wanting to, to learn and understand this even more. So, uh, my dad, who is my best mate, is a wonderful man. Uh, we have three young kids, Gary, two, six, and eight. And uh, my dad might be having a, a conversation with me, paying attention to the conversation, uh, but then all of a sudden my two-year-old falls over, cuts their knee, and is crying like a banshee. Um, but my dad has no real concept of it and continues on the conversation because he's paying attention to the conversation but is yeah. not really aware of the environment around him. It's almost as if it doesn't well, happen. Is that is you, that to the point? You just described the best part of awareness as you have the, you have the awareness of the environment around you as well. Like one time I was in Costa Rica and I was with some friends there and we were doing a seminar and this one woman was like driving me crazy, <laughs> you know, and so I started screaming and yelling about what a, you know, uh, a witch she was. And, uh, and I'm sitting there angry as hell. And at the same time, I'm in paying attention, to, you know, I'm aware of my environment and I look out. And about 50 meters away, I see a giant iguana in a tree. Wow. I say, is that an iguana? And they go, how did you notice that? I said, just because I'm doing anger doesn't mean I'm losing anything. Yes. Don't let, I don't shut off any awareness while doing anger. Because if you shut off your awareness while you're doing anger, you'll miss the one piece of information that will change everything for you. So I'm going to ask for this is going to be a very very selfish question because it's something I think about as a, as a parent. If I'm doing anger, so I can I can do anger with one of my children if they have uh, misbehaved and it requires my angry voice. But I can be in a very yes. good I can be in a very good mood and I can go. It almost looks like I've got a personality disorder. I can be very angry with uh, Maya if she's if she hasn't you know. Uh, behaved in a certain way or she's done something inappropriate or whatever, but then be aware that there's other happy children, other happy things around or life can be in a very happy place. Is that what you're saying, that we don't have to be so emotionally invested in every single behavior that we um, carry out if we decide to be aware of the environment around us? Yes. If you're aware of everything, you don't have to cut off anything to have anything. See, it's like... You know, it's like people say, well, I don't, you know, it's like, I don't like rich people as an example. Yep. You know, and it's like rich people are jerks. Well, some of them are, but not all of them are. Yep. So if you have the point of view that, you know, rich people are jerks, then anybody who's rich, you automatically dismiss the greatness in them or the goodness in them. And you lose, you lose the ability to change. 
you yeah and okay so do you do you say you lose the awareness or do you misplace it you lose it you lose you know it. when you when you focus on the rightness of your point of view you lose the awareness of what can change and what can be so a lot of people feel like they really struggle to um become more aware and i and i think we could all agree it's 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 not something that necessarily is as easy as ABC, but what would you suggest for people that are listening going, okay, I, I understand and I, I, I know that there's times when I get so attentive towards one thing and, and again, in the health and wellness world, it's it, we are filled with fanatics where they are very attentive to one thing but they lose uh, their awareness of all the other, let's say, areas of their life. Um, Aren't those called politicians? <laughs> I think in every industry they're they're there. Um, so what what do you suggest for people that are looking like like honestly they've looked at themselves and they, it's almost like putting their hand up and going I know I need help I know I need to be more aware. What are the ways in which someone listening right now could could do that? Well, I'd say the number one way is to realize that you know it's like. The world is full of lions, tigers, bears, and poisonous snakes. It mm-hmm. just looks like Byron's Bay. <laughs> carpet snakes? <laughs> no, not carpet snakes. Those aren't poisonous. No, that's but, right. uh, you know, but, yes, For those yeah. listening, uh, Gary had a carpet snake uh, potentially just slither over him in his sleep whilst he was lying in bed, and this is up in Noosa, and then Gary then found the snake in the corner of the bedroom. Which yes. would freak any of us out. No Which was not fun. And it's like, <laughs> and I am particularly averse to snakes. Okay. They are my least favorite critters. <laughs> so, you know, so it's like having a snake, you know, like sitting on my head basically was not the idea of it. Was and you fun. are allowed to do fear at that point. <laughs> you are allowed well, to do scared like, out of your wits at that point and freaked yes. out. Well, the funny part about it is I was having a bad sleep because I kept think I kept waking up to what I thought was a moth flapping in the room. Oh, no. Oh, no. And I don't think it was a moth. I think it was a snake oh, going I don't think across it was my either. bed. So, you know, it's like I'm sitting there going, eh, I'm not sleeping well today. I, you know, it's like, gosh, I got to do something different. Oh, dear. And, you, know, you needed so to change was, rooms. I did. And I, had, I, I did. It took me about an hour after I woke up with this, you know, two-meter snake, you know, in my bedroom. It took me about an hour to get my heartbeat down to a normal level so I could go back to sleep. And then I went upstairs and slept in a different room. Gee whiz. All right. So I I digress, but you were saying that it's important for us to realize that the world is, Is does contain. Yep. Yeah. It's full of lions, tigers, bears, and poisonous snakes. And you only have 10 seconds to live the rest of your life. And so if you were living for 10, if you only had 10 seconds to live, what would you choose? And most of us don't ever learn how to choose more than like three things before we're out of choices mm. and it's very interesting because i played this game with a whole lot of people and i go okay so you got 10 seconds to live the rest of your life what do you choose and you know and they'll go happiness okay good that's not lifetime's up you got 10 seconds to choose the rest of your life what do you choose and it's like you start playing this game of choice and you start to realize that choice is what creates everything that occurs in our life so if you choose to dislike money, then you will never have enough money in your life. If you choose to dislike men or women, you will never have a mate in your life. If you choose, there's you know there's a whole lot of choices we can make. So one of the things I did at one point, I got to the point where I was so relaxed with my life 
that I could have sat all day and watched television, but only for 10 seconds. I had to change the channel every 10 seconds, which is frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating and channel surfing. It doesn't get you anywhere. So I finally went, you know what? I got to figure out how to choose my life. And so I went outside and I went, okay, I got 10 seconds to live the rest of my life. What do I choose? And I would look around and I go, oh, I'll go smell the rose. And I did that. And I go, okay, I got 10 seconds to live the rest of my life. What do I choose? And I had to teach myself to choose because we're not taught to choose. We're taught to make a right choice. Mm. That's a really good point. Yeah. If there's no right or wrong choice, there's just choice. Then you got the place where you have the freedom to choose anything. What do you really want to choose? And I watch people all over the world choose to not be happy. You know, it's like, and happiness truly is just yep. a choice. And that's almost because I believe that there's something wrong with being happy. Well, you're it's totally a bit like wrong money. to be happy. A bit like we said well, about money. Like, well, I mean, it's like when you're unhappy, people will walk up, put their arm around and go, what's wrong, honey? Yeah. Well, when you're happy, they go, what drug are you on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, no, happiness is just a choice. It's not a drug. But the good news is, if it's the drug of choice, you can be happy all the time. You don't have to have any ups and downs. I think this is really, this is, yeah, this is wonderful in terms of one, just lowering some volatilities around the world. But in all of that, realizing that um, there are some, (laughs) there are some lions, tigers, bears, and poisonous snakes. What about, what about gut instinct? This is something that personally for me is a, is a massive part of my life. but I, I always remember uh, my wife's a chiropractor uh, by profession, Gary, and I always remember one of her, her patients um, or clients once said that she was a throwaway line. I still remember it to this day. She said, oh, I lost my gut instinct years ago. Or, I stopped following my gut instinct years ago. And she was it was almost insane that you know every every choice she would make would was always, well, is it the right choice or the wrong choice, so to speak? Um, yeah. Where does gut instinct fall into this conversation around awareness? Well, the thing is, gut instinct is really that place where you know you shouldn't do something and do it anyway. You know, it's like I ask people to look, look through your past and see places where you chose to do something you knew you shouldn't do and it turned out exactly the way you thought it would. And then they go, I knew that was going to happen. You knew it was going to happen. You knew it was going to be that way. You were aware. That's called awareness. And you got to validate those times when you were aware and didn't follow it before you can have total awareness. So, because I know people that often say, I knew that was going to happen. Now, my retort is, well, if you knew it was going to happen, then why'd you do it? So, then I ask you, many people listening, we've all done it before, go, I knew that was going to happen and we did the opposite. So, why did, why, or like we did the thing that we didn't want to happen, why why do people do that? Is it as simple as saying they're, they're scared, it's fear, or is there something deeper than that? Uh, no, it's like, first of all, fear is not real for 99% of the people on the planet. And I'll tell you why. So like for you, when you get in an emergency situation, do you get calm, cool, and collected and handle it? Or do you fall apart and run away? Personally? Yeah. I think I would be more cool, calm, and collected and handle it. That's because fear is not real. Yeah. Fear is the lie we buy to keep ourselves doing things that don't work for us. All right. This is good. So then from a gut instinct perspective, why don't people follow their gut? Because people are stupid. <laughs> is it as silly? Is it is it as simple as not paying yeah. attention to our? Well, it's not about paying attention. It's about going. Okay, so I know this is not going to work, but I'm going to do it anyway. 
That's choosing stupidity. Aha, there you go. So it's choosing stupidity instead of choosing yes. intelligence. What we know. Yep. Instead, of know and instead of following what we know, we follow our stupidity because we want to be like everybody else. Yeah. Okay. The majority of the world is kind of seriously dumb. I don't know whether you noticed. <laughs> well, yeah, my mum has a line about common sense, and as a lot of people yeah. do, it's so uncommon. Um, yes, okay. No, but I think that's what you're saying is it's a bit like what we spoke about at the beginning of the interview yeah. around anger. Uh, people can choose anything, and it's choose stupidity or choose awareness or choose courage or choose, like you said, any- happiness. Happiness. Yeah. Um, what, about, what about the conversation around... You know, I think some people might call it just the the first thought that comes into your mind or that that first impulse. Like for the other day, I'll give you a real world example. Yeah. I bought myself a spin bike um, to have in the in the home office here because I just found I wasn't walking as much as I normally would. So I love the idea of a spin bike. I got the spin bike, but my first instinct was to get the bigger one, but I couldn't really see what was much better about it. So I ended up going for the smaller one, and I got the smaller one. And the highest setting on it was too small for me. And I'm not that tall. Yeah. I'm only, I'm only five foot ten. And I thought, why? I mean, it was only $40 more to get the bigger one. That my first impulse was to get the bigger one. And then my rational brain probably kicked in, mate. There's no difference. It's just another $40. They don't, you don't need to buy, you don't need to pay that. Just get the one that's, yeah. get, you know, and now I've sent it back because it wasn't. It wasn't the right size. My first impulse yeah. was the right impulse. Um, I don't want to say why well, didn't I follow it, because I, but it's more like how important is that first impulse in your well, it's like If you start view. to follow your first impulse, you will probably get it pretty much correct all the time. Not right, but correct. Because I think society, yeah, okay, I want to ask you about that in a moment, because I was going to say that society, and I, th- I know people would call me this, would, would say, well, that's impulsive. We're talking about a first impulse. Gee, that was an impulsive buy or that was an impulsive choice. But maybe even just using the word choice is indicative of itself. You're saying most of the time you will get it right, even if it's not correct. Are you saying that you'll even- be, Yeah, you'll get it correct rather than right. See, you were trying to get it right by using your cognitive brain to figure out why you didn't need to spend the extra money. Yes, Okay. Yep. And it's like most of us do this all the time, trying to figure out how we can get it right so we don't have to spend the extra money. My uh, business partner, Dane, it's like he wanted to get a, a new uh, copy machine. And so we went to the store that had like, you know, 20 different copy machines. Okay. So and he goes, I said, so which one are you going to get? And he says, I think that one is the most expensive. It's got a, it's got the most bells and whistles. Okay, so let me ask you a question: Will you use all those bells and whistles? And he goes, "Oh no, I won't. I only need these three functions. So which one has those three functions?" And it was less than a third the price of the other one, but it did all the functions he wanted and handled everything. Yeah. So he saved himself two thirds of the price he would have played by buying the most expensive one. Because I always have this point of view. If money wasn't the issue, what would you choose? It's a great question. Yeah. It's a great question. If money question. wasn't the issue, what would I choose? And it's like and it's like I used to choose on the basis that I can't afford this, so I'll choose this. And then I finally went, okay, so if I had to put it on terminal lay-by for 20 years, <laughs> which one would I rather have? Yeah. And the well, funny part about it is every time I chose the one that I would rather have, 
money suddenly appeared out of out of nowhere to pay for it. Yeah, fascinating. I went, how does the world work like that? Well, I think personally that the universe has our back if we're willing to have our back. Oh, uh, that's the that's that's a wonderful point. I think yeah, I, I kind of the words that are coming up as you talk is writing your own script. It comes back to the choices that you were making earlier. Um, or, or, or consciously making earlier. What about the conversation around knowing? This word gets that gets bandied around a lot in relation to awareness. You have a knowing, but I'm I'm talking more on a on a more day to day level. My te- my general view is that a lot of people they would rather say they know something, and all of often people say, "I know, I know, I know." Um, and my belief is that when we often say that we know something, it shuts us off from learning and growing and, and developing. To not know opens up a world of vulnerability. Um, but what role do you, do you feel that knowing or not knowing has in, in our role to become more aware of not just well, our lives but of, of any environment? Uh, you want to put that in my carry-on? Uh, it's, I think it's more important to recognize that, you know, it's like, what do I know here that I'm not acknowledging and ask that question. Okay. You go, what do I know that I'm not acknowledging? You open that door to the awareness of all the things you're aware of that you don't even realize you're aware of. And it's like, you've got to have that willingness to ask, what is it I know here that I'm not acknowledging? And the other thing is I always ask people, why do you always look at what's wrong about things? Why don't you go? You know what's right about this? I'm not getting. Yeah, because yeah. Oh, yeah. Always, is the blessings in disguise behind a challenging moment? Is that what you're referring to? Basically, yes. Yeah, I you couldn't know, agree. Got to ask what's right about this that I'm not getting, not what's wrong with me. You know, it's like I used to go all the time to, I can't do this. What's wrong with me? Mm. And I thought, wow, you're a whining, whinging little shit. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And so I started asking the question, what's right about this? I'm not getting. That is all wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Two wonderful questions there. Uh, What's right about this that I'm not getting? What do I know that I'm not acknowledging? That pretty much, if you can answer that question, that will pretty much remove the I knew that was going to happen uh, mantra from one's life. Um, which is which is rife. All right, I've got a couple of questions. I know um, this is your last day in Australia, so I'm conscious of time, but a couple of things. You are the master of asking questions. Uh, one of your books is called Projections, Expectations, Separations, Judgments, and Rejections. It is a wonderful title for a book, and it's a collection of, um, I suppose, uh, conversations isn't the right word, but it's of exchanges that you've had with participants in your classes. And some of the questions that you ask, I mean, all of your work with Access Consciousness and a lot of the work that you, you do in your events is around quality questions. What would you say is the most powerful question that you ask? Other than what's right about this, you're not getting? Mm-hmm. The most powerful, what do you know that you're pretending not to know that you actually do know? Oh, Beautiful. And in a live setting, are you calling someone on their SHIT when you're bringing that question up? Someone that's just well, not playing. Well, it's out? like you're not so much calling them on their stuff as much as you are getting them to look from a different place because okay. people come to conclusions thinking if they can come to the right conclusion, then they will finally get it right. Yeah. And I know I used to, you know, those power strips that you plug everything into. Yes. I figured if I, if I plugged enough pieces into that power plug and turned it on that everything in my life would light up 
and it didn't. Yeah. You have to ask which of these is going to give me the light, not how do I get the light by doing everything. Oh, wonderful words. All right, a couple more to finish up on here. Expectations. I have a view that the less expectations that we have on ourselves and others in life, uh, the better. Um, where do you sit on, on expectations? Um, well, when you, when you project and expect anything of anyone, then you will always have the separation, judgment, and rejection of you as a result of it. Mm-hmm, okay. You will, you will discount you because you had the projection. You know, it's like I had a friend who went, oh, my God, this girl is so wonderful. She's the most wonderful girl in the world. I just love her. She was the meanest cow I have ever met in my life. <laughs> you know, and it's like, and he just thought she was wonderful and he couldn't see it. And then when he did, it was sort of like it changed his whole life. And he went, oh, my God, I didn't see that. Yes. How could I not see that? Yep. He said, because you'd come to the conclusion that she was wonderful, so you would not see where she wasn't. Never project or expect anything of anybody, and you'll be happy. Uh, very, very wise words. A couple of uh, final questions. You are 77 years young. You are well past the retirement age. Why do you keep on working and, and doing what you do? You could settle back and continue to work with horses, which I know you love, and just do your hobbies. I know you've just purchased a castle in Italy and you could just sit there all day and play around the castle, but you're working, you're traveling. Why do you keep on doing what you're doing and, and what are your views on retirement? Because it's fun. I like to work. You know, it's like I like working far more than I like vacation. Oh, wow. There you go. Great you know, answer. For me, for me, it's like, why wouldn't your life? It's like I have a full life. I'm 77 years old. Most people think I'm le- way less than that. I, you know, it's like I had somebody who I was on a plane with, and I, and he was talking about, yeah, well, now that I'm 65, I'm finally retiring, and it's really nice to be retired because now I don't have to go to work. And he said, "What do you do?" And I said, "Well, I do this and then this and this and this." And he goes, "How old are you?" And I said, "75." And he goes. He couldn't say anything. His mouth was hanging open because I was 75. I'm still working. You know, and it's like, and I work because it's fun to see the changes you can create in the world. Yes. You know, and my basic point of view, the purpose of money is to change people's lives. You know, and it's like, and you can change people's lives with $6. You can change people's lives with $50. Yeah. You can change people's lives with $100 or you can do more. But it's like, it's amazing to see the changes you can create by being generous with people who, quote unquote, think they have nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, great call. All right, last question because a lot of people that we interview on this um, podcast that are living legends, that are aging well and living this what we call 100 Not Out lifestyle, there is some form of ritual or practice that they have around movement and or food. Can you share any of your wisdom? Are there any favorite exercises or rituals or ways that you like to keep vital because you, you, you sound vital, you sound like you're absolutely on top of the ground. Um, is there any way that you move or eat that you that you think is a really big part of your quality of life? Yeah, walk like you're young, don't walk like you're old. Nice. You know, and, you know, and eat and drink whatever your body desires. Yes. 
And don't and be so rigid. Do. Good work. I love yeah. it. Absolutely. That is a, a breath of fresh air. Look, I mean, the purpose of Access Consciousness is to empower everyone to know that they know. I love that as a, as a purpose, as a mission statement, Gary. And I think we've got a real nice insight as to what you do and what you're about. I'd love to interview you again on the podcast as you continue to do more with yourself and Dane here, who's been featured many times on the Wellness Couch podcast. Can't thank you enough for your time and what you do with Access Consciousness and really appreciate you having us on, having really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. It was a pleasure and I thank you very much and thank you for being out there creating a different reality for people. I think it's great. Find out more about Gary and Access Consciousness, folks, over at accessconsciousness.com. You can find out about Gary's books, the latest one, Projections, Expectations, Separations, Judgments, and Rejections. It is a wonderful read. Um, to support the podcast, make sure you share it, share this with a friend. Show them how to listen to podcasts. Open it up on the podcast app. Open up a whole new world to them. There are over 2,000 podcasts on the Wellness Couch Podcast Network with over 8 million lifetime downloads. Can't thank you enough for your support. Have a great week. Look after yourself. And until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.